Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, this is episode number 385 with Ariel Ford on how to turn your mate into your soulmate. Hi, everybody. This is Sandy Wiener. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, where we believe that it's never too late for love and that a woman of value naturally attracts the respect and rewards she deserves in life and love. What is a woman of value? She is somebody who knows her worth, and she's not afraid to show up, stand up, and speak up to live her biggest life. And every week I bring you a tip on how to be that woman of value. This week's tip is... Your past doesn't limit you. How many of us have thought, oh, well, you know, that's the way it happened before, so that's just the way it is, or I had a really crappy upbringing, so I'm not, I'm not really destined to find lasting love. And so I want to tell you all that that is not true. I'm sure Ariel would agree with me here. <laughs> and um, so my challenge to you is to really Look for contrary evidence that your past hasn't limited you. Look for ways that you have thrived in spite of your past. And keep on focusing on those positives, and soon you will see that your past really is just a figment of your imagination at this point because your thoughts are limiting you, not your past. Um, We have incredible ability to be resilient and to grow, and Ariel and I were just talking about that before the show started. So I'm going to bring her on in just a second, but before I do, if you're not yet a member of my free Facebook group, I'd love for you to join. It's called Your Last First Date. So join us. It is a positive, focused group. We don't allow, you know, unlimited venting and, um, you know, man bashing and any of the stuff that happens in a lot of groups for singles. This is a group that is there for you to grow and to learn and to learn some new skills around dating and relationships. So I hope you join your last first date. All right, Arielle Ford is my guest. We have her back again. We like her so much. She is a leading personality in the personal growth and contemporary spirituality movement. For the past 30 years, she's been living, teaching, and promoting consciousness through many forms of media, She is a celebrated love and relationship expert. She's an author, a speaker, and she's the co-creator and host of Evolving Wisdom's Art of Love series. Her mission is to help women find love, keep love, and be loved. So welcome to the show again, Arielle. Thank you, Sandy. It's nice to hear your voice. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So we had such a really interesting conversation (laughs) before we started, but I want to focus first on, on the topic of the day, and then I hope that we veer off into some of the other juicy topics that we talked about because it's really fun. I would love to share some of it with everybody else. So let's first talk about soulmate. Um, that's a word that's been tossed around a lot, and I would love to know your definition. Oh, yeah, I know. So many, there's so many ideas about what a soulmate is. So I believe that a soulmate is first and foremost somebody you can completely be yourself with, somebody with whom you share unconditional love, and when you look into their eyes, you have the experience of being home. And if you accept that definition, then the really good news is, even if you're single, is that you already have many soulmates in your life. It could be your 
you know, your parents, your kids, your siblings, your coworkers, your best friends, even your cats and dogs. So if you are single, one of the fastest ways to manifest a romantic soulmate is to have a daily gratitude process, giving thanks for all the love you already have. Mm. So that helps you to bring in a romantic soulmate, even though you have many right. others. Right, because when if, if you're single and you're focused on what you don't have, the way the law of attraction works is you only draw to yourself that what you're focused on. So if you're focused on, I don't have any love in my life, you're going to continue to see no love in your life. But if you have mm-hmm. this daily practice of thank you, God, goddess, universe, whoever it is you pray to, for the abundance of love in my life, then you make your heart magnetic to a romantic partner. Yeah, and it's so true. And I've seen so many people really give out such bad energy on dates because they're not believing in love and they're already fed up with how they, the man is in front of them or, um, or they have terrible ideas about men in general based on past history, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's um, dating is for emotionally mature people, <laughs> you know, because you have to really manage your thoughts, your beliefs, your expectations, your behavior. You know, you just can't live in this uh, magical thinking of, well, if it's meant to be, the right person will just appear and I will know instantly and will live happily ever after. And that's just not how it works. <laughs> really? Oh, come on. It would be so good if that's what, how it worked. Yeah, no, listen, if, if one click shopping on Amazon could deliver a soulmate to your door, it would happen. But the truth is, just like, think of, think of it in a work context. You know, let's say, Sandy, you've got this job, and you're a single mom, and you've got four kids, and you get fired. No fault of mm-hmm. your own. Suddenly you're out of work. And you have to get another job, right? You've got to feed these kids, pay the rent, whatever. Now, you might sit home on your couch with your hand to your forehead saying, well, if it's meant to be, the job will find me, which, of course, you would never do. Or you would update your resume, get online, start networking, tell every single person you know you're up for whatever kind of job, and you would live in the knowingness that come hell or high water, you're going to find a job, right? right? And it's the same thing with a soulmate. You know, you can you can pray and meditate and, you know, visualize all you want, but if you're not out there dating, if you're not being visible, if you're not managing your thoughts and feelings and beliefs and getting into a state of what I call living as if and readiness, then it isn't going to happen. So just like finding a job takes work, Finding your soulmate also takes work. Yeah, no, I, I so agree with you. People people can't see it until you give them some metaphor that shows them how they're not passive like that in the rest of their life. But, but you know, we have so much that goes against that thought. You know, the media, the, the messages out there that somebody's going to come and rescue you. And, oh, my God, if you start listening to songs on the you know on the radio i don't know if people listen to the radio anymore but if you listen to songs (laughs) love songs are all about codependency and somebody's going to come and save you and you don't love yourself but i love you anyway and oh my god it's like 
so much unhealthy stuff out there. Right. right. So, you know, and people could say, oh, well, you know, you're 48 years old. You're, you're too old to start over in a new career in a new industry. And part of you would tell them to F off, you know, like, who are you to <laughs> tell me that? You know, I'm really uh-huh. good at what I do and I'm brilliant and I'm going to just work the streets till I find, you know, the right position. You wouldn't you wouldn't fall for that. But when it comes to love, it's just so easy to get knocked over. You, you know, you go on a date and it's not good. And people start whining to me, oh, it must mean I'm just not meant to have love. It's like, no, all it means was you had a bad date. Just like, you know, uh-huh. Evan Mark Katz, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's a great dating sure. expert, and I love him. And he, he once said, he said, you know, imagine you went to a restaurant and you had a bad meal. Now, I'm sure that's happened to everybody listening, right? But did mm-hmm. we quit eating because we had one bad meal? <laughs> right. No, but you live like, oh, I just had five really loser dates in a, in a row. So what? You know, I have one friend who at 49 years old was never married, and she decided before she turned 50 she was either going to manifest her soulmate or she was going to mortgage her house and spend $100,000 on a matchmaker. Mm-hmm. And she signed up for Match.com. This is a very busy woman with a big business. And over the course of nine months, she went on 79, 79 first dates. Mm-hmm. And number 80 is now her husband of eight years, who is perfect for mm-hmm. her. You know, so sometimes that's what it takes. People say to me, well, how long is it going to take? The shortest, fastest person I ever saw manifest a soulmate did it in five minutes. She was standing in line to pay for my book, The Soulmate Secret, at Barnes & Noble. And the man behind her noticed the book. She's, they're now married. And the uh-huh. longest I've ever seen it take is three years. So, wow. you know, somewhere between instant and three years is what you need to commit to to spend the rest of your life with the love of your life. Right. So that's a great, those are great stories. I, I had a client who signed up to work with me, and right before she went on match, she reconnected with a guy who she used to work with, and she said, you know, he's really cute, and I think he might be asking me on a date, but it might be a work thing. I'm not sure. And I said, well, what do you want? She goes, well, I want it to be a date. So I said, so treat it like a date. You know, dress up, have date-like conversation, and they're married. Um, so she never right? ended it's, up working it's, with me, it's really. It's all we about the one story. Yep. Yeah. 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 So it's it's amazing. And I have a client who just got married last summer for the first time at 58, and um, also had a story that it's not in the cards. It's really what I want, but it's never worked out. And, you know, it's so how do we get people out of this mindset that it's not meant for me? Because, like, what you're okay, saying I'll is Okay, I'll tell you so how you do thought. it. Yeah. It's really easy. Mm-hmm. You push them in the direction they're going, you know, because as I'm sure you've learned, if you try to explain to them why their belief isn't right and why it's not going to work. They're just going to mm-hmm. push back and give you all the reasons and the statistics. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll tell you, I had a woman, I, when I was teaching at Omega one year, I had this woman in her mid-60s, had been divorced for 20 years, you know, 
came up to me at the end of the weekend when everybody else was in this state of huge possibility and said to me, well, it's going to work for all these younger girls, but it's not going to work for me because statistically there are X percentage of more single women my age than what, and then she just like gave me, you know, her story. And, mm-hmm. and I said to her, you know what, Marsha, you're right. God looked down on earth and he saw the 7.4 billion people and he singled you out and he said, Marsha's not getting any love. Marsha does not deserve to be happy. And at first she had this look of shock on her face. <laughs> and then she started to laugh. And then she really yeah. got it. I said, as long as you want to hold on to these beliefs as a reason to stay safe and not take a risk and not be out there, you're going to be right. Just like if you're listening to you know us right now and you decide, well, I'm too old, I'm too fat, I'm too this, I'm too that, it's going to work for everybody else but me, here's what I can promise you. A year from today, you will still be single. You're going to get to be right because we mm-hmm. get to co-create with the universe. And as long as we hold this position that it's just not possible for me, all you can be is right. So you need to be able to manage your thoughts, your beliefs, your feelings, and what you're thinking so that when you have these thoughts, and they will come up, and they may come up every single day, but you stop yourself and you go, oh, I just had this really disgusting thought that I'm not lovable. I know that's mm-hmm. not true. And you get out your list of all the people you know that love you. Mom loves me. Sister loves me. Best friend loves me. The dog loves me. I am lovable. And you shift your story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much inner critic stuff going on, but uh, that's a great story with Marsha. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, totally hear that. I think that people people just want to believe what they believe and they often they create their own their own life and so if you can create the negative you can also create the positive right and the critical voice in your head this is bad Mm -hmm. news for the people that are in the self-love movement it's never going away okay you're Mm going to die with that voice but what can happen between now and dead is you can learn to mitigate it. You can learn to manage it. You know, Wayne Dyer had this brilliant line. He said, don't believe every thought that you have. Yeah. And that's what you have to train yourself to do. Oh, there's that thought again. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for sharing. Get the F out of my life, you know, because what's <laughs> true for me is I am a warm, kind, compassionate, lovable being, and not only am I looking for my soulmate, he or she is also looking for me. Hmm. But this requires paying attention. It requires being an emotionally mature adult. Otherwise, you're just a, a child whose emotions and thoughts and beliefs are, you know, pushing them around. You're being yeah. bullied by yourself. Yeah, we are our worst critic and our worst enemy. And, um, yeah, so we spend a lot of time on that in coaching and giving tools to help tame the inner critic. And also in terms of just changing your awareness throughout the day as to what is draining you and what's feeding your soul. Because we often just say yes to things that drain the life out of us, things that we don't want to do. We stay too long in relationships or even on a date. I have so many clients who go on these long dates with men that they don't <gasps> want to be with, and it's like, I go always home. tell them, you go on a 20-minute coffee date with a hard yep. stop at 30 minutes, even if it's the most fun you've ever had, you leave. Mm. <laughs> you leave. Uh-huh. That's all there is to it, you know, and you train yourself. And, 
you know, because like Dr. Phil always says, we, we train people how to treat us. So if yep. we're not respecting ourselves and our own boundaries, how in the world are, is anybody else going to do it? Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, we have to just get used to not not saying yes when we mean no and to really respecting boundaries of ourselves first. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about living as if. And I remember reading your book many years ago, The Soulmate Secret. And I don't know if you said it in that book, but like, Really looking at even the room where you sleep and thinking, like, is there room for a man here? Do I oh, have yeah, two that's, nightstands? Is that right? In there? Right, right. Yeah, that's that's in the section called feathering the nest. So when you're yeah, so, yeah, so as you're getting your that. mind and body and soul and heart ready for love, you want to get your home ready for love. And even if you're living in a tiny place where you're certain you're never going to live with your soulmate. It's still a really smart thing to do because it sends a strong message to the universe that you literally have space in your life for another person. So as you mentioned, having a nightstand on their side of the bed that's the same height as yours, that's totally empty for them to put their stuff into. Uh, empty one drawer in the dresser for them. Make a little space in the closet. Clear half a shelf in the bathroom cabinet. If you're living in a home with a two-car garage and you've been parking in the middle, move over. If you have a king-size bed and you've been sleeping in the middle, move over. All of these little gestures send a strong message that you are ready for love, that you have room and space in your body, mind, spirit, heart, and home for somebody else. Mm. So I, I actually looked at the colors in my room, too, because I was, you know, very feminine. And I went out and bought a, a duvet cover that had, like, brown in it and just more neutral colors. And I was like, yeah, a man would feel comfortable in this space. <laughs> so, right, yes. Um, <laughs> when I was yeah. doing it, here's what my condo looked like. I had pink carpet, pink walls, a pink ceiling, white furniture, green plants, the towels were pink. I mean, it was, and every piece of art in the house was a single female goddess-like image. Mm-hmm. And when I brought my feng shui guy into my home and told him I wanted to get it ready for love, after he stopped laughing at the art, he <laughs> said to me, everything in this condo screams single woman. You know, you need to get some art in here that's romantic and is of couples and, you know, switch out some of the, you know, like get some gray towels instead of pink towels, you know. So so I think that's a really smart idea because the condo was created just for me because at the time that I moved in there, I wasn't thinking about, you know, I, I need a soulmate, I want a husband. I was just thinking about what would what would I most like to wake up to, and then I changed. Mm-hmm. Right. It wasn't just yourself anymore. Right. I would like to wake up to Ariel and her beautiful goddesses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I have a lot of clients, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, um, who talk about not thinking they could ever live with somebody. Like they've been alone for a long time. They Many have been out of bad marriages or bad relationships, and they talk about, like, I can't even imagine it. So what would you say to them? Well, you know, the way the world is today, you can have a soulmate and not live with them. And I'll tell you a story about this. Um, My stepmother uh, 
was married to my dad for about 10 years. It was a second marriage for both of them. And then he died quite young. He was 67 when he died, and she was 55. And a year after um, he died, we were talking one day, and she said, you know, I'm ready for another relationship, but I don't ever want to get married again. I've done that twice. So I'd like to be in a committed, monogamous, fun relationship and my requirements are I only want to see him on Tuesday nights and weekends, and then we'll go to Israel for two weeks of every year to work on an army base. And I said to her, I said, Judy, that's that's pretty clear cut. She said, well, you know how busy I am. You know, she said, I'm in the choir. I'm a docent at the symphony and the opera. I've got children and grandchildren. This is This is what I can do, and this is what I want. I have to tell you, she's now been with Seth for 22 years. <laughs> they mm. still don't live together, but they're deeply committed. They still have dinner on Tuesday nights. They're together on weekends, and they still go to Israel two weeks of every year. So you <laughs> can great. you can design love what works for you. And what yeah. you do is when you're you know doing online dating in your headline, you know, be really clear. You know, looking for non-traditional, deep, soulful love, something compelling like that, you know, Mm -hmm. or if you want a traditional marriage, you want to be a stay-at-home mom, you know, looking for, you know, traditional family situations to make babies and have fun or whatever, and just right up front, be really clear, you know, what's important to you, because you don't have to live together. In fact, there was a story in the New York Times a few weeks ago about how many couples now live apart and say it really works for them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I know several, actually. And couples who live in two different states, several hours apart, and they get together for long weekends. I know yeah. at least two or three who who do it successfully. And I think sometimes the distance is helpful, you know, really helpful, because it gives everybody space and appreciation when you come together. Yeah, no, it, it's it's really you can it's marriage by design these days, you know. Yeah. The thing yeah. you just have to be clear when you're setting out on the dating process what your must-haves and your deal breakers are. You know, for yeah. me, a must-have was I want. You know, I was a first-time bride at 44. I knew I wanted to live with somebody. I wanted to be with somebody 24/7. I wanted to have that experience. You know, but I also have other friends. I have one girlfriend who's been married four times, and she's now really clear that, you know, she wants to live in close proximity, like within six blocks maybe, but mm-hmm. not in the, not under the same roof every day. Mm. A room of one's own makes sense <laughs> to me. <laughs> um, people sleep in separate bedrooms because somebody snores. I mean, you know, you get to design it. I, I think that's yeah. really really smart. I remember in the Art of Love series, you were talking about going into like a Dunkin' Donuts and asking for a donut and not being specific about what you want. And oh, right, right, right. Like you were crazy. Yeah, it was actually a, a Starbucks, you know, so I was you, can walk in, right, you can walk into Starbucks and just say, okay, I'm thirsty. And then they'll look at you like you're crazy, but they'll hand you something which you may or may not enjoy. Or you can Mm -hmm. walk in and say, you know, I want a tall half-calf soy latte with extra foam and two stevias. And then, you know, three minutes later, you've placed your order. You just got your perfect cup of coffee. 
And it's like that with the universe. You can place an order. Now, I recommend that you don't be that specific because there are things that the universe knows about you that you don't know that will contribute to your long-term happiness that you don't want to limit. You know, but if you know, like for me, I'm allergic to tobacco. I could never, even though smoking grosses me out, physically I could never be with a smoker. You know, I need Mm -hmm. somebody who leads a healthy lifestyle. I'm also a crazy cat lover, so I could never be with someone who's allergic to cats. You know, so deal breakers and must-haves fall into, you know, really that category. Like, I must have somebody who leads a healthy lifestyle, who has a passport and loves to travel. Those are must-haves. And my deal breakers would be, you know, things like cat allergies or smokers or liars or cheaters or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So how how would you recommend, because people really struggle with these lists, and they often have things on there that are totally nice to have but not must-haves, and they don't know the difference. So yeah, what, what well, would so, you recommend? So the first thing I would talk to people about is money, you know, because I see a lot of women put down a very specific number. Oh, he has to earn X amount of dollars. And I tell them what's more important is that you have someone who's financially responsible you know, because you could marry somebody who's a millionaire today, and if they're not financially responsible, they could be broken in serious debt with you owing tax money on their side because they're not financially responsible. Because money comes and goes, but financial responsibility is a strong value. You know, so those kinds of things. If you want to have children or you have children and you want someone to accept your children, family values are really important to you. So you have to look and see, you know, what what does your life look like? Because the, the qualities that make up a long-term happy marriage are chemistry, which is important but not the most important. In fact, it's probably the least important, but you need some chemistry. Connection compatibility, communication, which can be learned, and the single most important factor is a shared vision for the future. So I live in San Diego. I'm not leaving San Diego till I'm in a body bag, all right? So I couldn't be with somebody who says, oh, no, we're going to live in the mountains in Utah. That would never work for me. You know, so mm-hmm. knowing the general scope of, oh, okay, I want to, you know, my entire extended family lives here in Indianapolis. I can't imagine ever moving away. Well, that's a must-have, you know, either lives there now or is willing to move. Just Mm -hmm. like when I was doing my list, my list said my soulmate either lives in San Diego or is willing to move. Brian moved from Portland, Oregon. In fact, he moved a little too fast. I remember waking up one day like two months after we met, and it's like, when did you move in? Like, it all happened so fast. <laughs> really fast. <laughs> well, we got, engaged three, we, got three, we got engaged three weeks after we met. Yeah, and amazing. even though on, a, on an intuitive feeling level, I felt that he was my soulmate, you know, I was a smart businesswoman. I knew that I knew nothing about him. So I, I, I agreed to be engaged, but I told him we had to wait at least a year until we got married because I had to discover who he was. I couldn't just rely on my feelings. You know, I, I wouldn't do that in business. I would, I would vet somebody or something. So um, he accepted that. And a year after we met, uh, we had three weddings, and that was 22 yeah. years ago. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, your love story is great, and it's he's crazy, such huh? a love bug. He's yes. every post on Facebook is like you know groovy love hugs. It's he's just like exudes all of this incredible love. Um, so I want to talk before we're almost at the end of the show, but you talk about wearing rose-colored glasses, and I would love for you to share that whole concept. Sure. So. For the people who don't know what that term means, wearing rose-colored glasses means that you consciously choose to see the good in people and the good in things. You put on these metaphoric rose-colored glasses to see life that way. And there was a study done at the University of Buffalo several years ago where they uh, studied couples who consciously chose to wear rose-colored glasses about each other. And what they discovered was that these couples had longer, happier, more satisfying marriages. And the reason is, is because they're always looking for what's right instead of looking for what's wrong. And that's something most women need to learn because women tend to be heat-seeking missiles when it comes to seeing what's wrong. So it's an entire shift and when you're looking for what's right. So it's very easy to be judgmental about people, especially when you've been living with them for a while and they're doing all kinds of annoying things, which even soulmates do. Soulmates annoy the shit out of each other. That's just how it is. And I'm going to tell you right now, finding the soulmate is the easiest part. Learning to live with the soulmate is a whole other skill set, and we can talk about that some other day. But finding the soulmate is really pretty easy. And so you want to wear your rose-colored glasses, especially when you're in the early dating process. I always tell my students when I'm teaching, um, you know, I want you to imagine when you're out on this coffee date and you're just getting to know somebody, imagine that at the end of the coffee date you have to go home and call me and you have to tell me three things you liked about them. I don't want to hear that they wore a baseball cap or you didn't like the color of their shoes or you know, whatever it is you think you don't like about them. I want you to tell me three things because then you're looking through rose-colored glasses. Now, of course, if there's red flags that come up, you know, you don't ever want to see them again. I'm not saying ignore the red flags, but I am saying purposely put on rose-colored glasses. Yeah, I I totally agree with you, and I do the same with my clients when we debrief dates. We talk about three things we liked, and we also look at if there are yellow flags. So if you find two yellow flags, and then we look at ourselves too, three things that we're proud of that we did on a date and two things that we may want to do differently the next time. So we're always learning first the positives and then mm-hmm. areas of growth. And it really helps you to move forward on this journey when you're looking for the good. Um, even when I'm looking on match with a client and they're looking, oh, my God, he has he has this little thing in the picture, and I'm like, let's find three good things. If we can find three good things, then we can get to the next step or we can move on. But, yeah, and, it, you know, it's, this sort of reminds me of the beginning of our conversation talking about the inner critic because use the same rose-colored glasses on yourself, you know. Find yeah. good things about you. <laughs> we wear those dark, ugly, green, you know, blushy glasses. That's not That's not healthy. Oh, my God. So much to talk about, Arielle, and this has been so wonderful. Always great to have you on the show, and I do hope you come on to my other show and we can talk about some some of the deeper stuff that um, 
things that you have grown into and learned along the journey of life as you keep reinventing yeah. yourself. Um, but tell everybody how they can find you and any links you'd like to share. Oh, okay. Well, um, a couple things. I I have a free webinar that you can access at soulmatepassion44.com, soulmatepassion44.com. And everything else is on my website, soulmatesecret.com. I've got a tab called Free Stuff, and there's lots of goodies there. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show today and for doing your amazing work out in the world. You have helped I can I millions, I, I'm imagining by now, and it's it's really so so needed out there. So thank you, oh, thank for being you. Here and All doing right, the work you do. Okay, hey, good have talking a great with day. you. Okay, you thanks. Okay, right, okay, bye, Ariel. And thanks, everybody, for joining us today. And if you love our show, please rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we hope you go on your last first date very soon. Have a great day.